Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Welcome to SEO 101, your introductory course on search engine optimization. So, turn on your computers, open your minds, grab your mouse, and get ready to get back to the basics. SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm is now in session. Is now in session. Hello and welcome to SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm. This is Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and my co-host is John Carcutt, the director of SEO and social media for Advanced Digital. My friend, how's hey. your week? Very busy, very busy, but that's that's a good thing. It is good. I know the yeah. feeling. I mean, I, I I've been trying really, really hard to stay away from Facebook, so I've been keeping myself busy doing other things. Even though it sucks me in still t- from time to time, it's been a real struggle to stay away this week. Oh, oh my God! It's 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 like someone's just opened a can of morons. I I, I, I can't <laughs> yes. handle how many people are out there it, that are just saying the oh. worst stuff. Oh, dude. it's a it's a can of morons that's been stuck inside of one of those prepper bunkers for about twenty years. <laughs> and a little leak in it, so it's it's rancid morons. Oh <laughs> God, it's so true. It's just unbelievable um, how many th- changes are. Yeah. Anyway, how but, many people but, are just coming out and being bigoted? But I guess we're, yeah, we should get it. Stay in, staying away from which side you're on. The, the moron, the moronicism. What's what's the what's the word for that? The morons are on both sides. It's just the extremes on either way are just ridiculous. It's just crazy what the world is coming to. Yeah. The lack of human compassion and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Anyway, pretty horrible. That said, we're not talking about that, are we? <laughs> How can well, we optimize the Facebook discussion around world politics? Hmm, yes. that could be a show show of its own somewhere. Maybe even a whole network. <laughs> mm. So BuzzSumo published a study on content. Now I did look at it. I don't remember a lot of detail because it was I think it was a week ago, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a little while ago, but it was really interesting. Um they did they did a lot of digging into things, but there's really only two things to me that really stepped out and came out from our perspective of SEOs and what what content does for us. Um, One of the things that was interesting that they came out with, and they they looked at, I think, I can't remember again, it's been a week ago, they looked at many, many different articles. I think it was in the thousands, if not tens of thousands, excuse me. But what they found was over 50% of the content that they they studied received eight shares or less across all of social. Now, 
for personal stuff like me, I don't expect my content to get shared much. So I'm posting on Facebook or Twitter, you know, a couple retweets, a couple people share something I post. Okay, fine. It, you know, and so I, I first thought eight seems like that's a high standard to, to set, you know, eight shares to me sounds good. <laughs> um, but, but in a lot of cases, when you're really working on content marketing strategies and, and trying to get your content seeded into social and amplified in social, eight is just the beginning. So it's interesting that over half of the stuff that's published that they studied is not even – it sounds like it's not even getting that social push that, that, that a lot of content gets to, to be effective. Um, but that wasn't the super interesting thing to me. The other interesting thing, um, shall we uh, talk about – what is it? Publish – what was the old adage, Ross, that they used to say? You know, publish your content and people will link to it organically. Just put out great content and people will link to it, right? <laughs> Well, according to their study, 75% of the content that they studied, again, tens of thousands of articles, I believe, 75% of it generated zero links. None. Mm -hmm. And and if you look at these two things together, not a lot of shares, zero links. That tells you, A, that, that... your content is probably not that great, but B, it goes back to what I've been saying for a while now. There is so much freaking content being published right now. Um, I read something in the beginning of the year that said by the end of this year, and I wish I could find it. I've looked for it a couple of times. It said by the end of this year that there will be twice as much content published online than there is demand for content online. So you're mm-hmm. automatically thinking that automatically means that 50% of the content being published out there is never going to be seen by anybody. Right. So, and these two things kind of tell me a the way people are sharing content it has made that flip zero links and 75% of content and only 50% of the content getting less than eight shares. That means 50% of the content is getting more than eight shares. So, how are people sharing it now? Writing a blog post and linking to it? No, it's being shared in social. And and I think it's it's an interesting distinction, and I really believe that the, the the engines understand this. And when they talk about building authorities of sites, and we've said this plenty of times in the past, I don't think links are nearly as important as they used to be. Social is taking over that share, even though they won't admit it. You know, they know that this is the way people share things now. This is the way uh, you can derive authority and understand what people are discussing and how authority is built online. It's social now. It's not links. Yeah, and you also consider the fact that that Google now has access to the to the Facebook feed of public profiles, people, not business now, only business. They actually can see people. They'll be able to get a better sense of what's being shared socially. So they've always kind of had access. They just haven't had that fire hose pro- programmatic access that they really need to leverage it. Easily. So they didn't have access because <laughs> that's pretty huge. <laughs> they, they, they don't have access to your site either then, right? Because you don't give – I mean you might have an XML file, but a lot of people don't. And so, But crawling a site is access and they could crawl a lot of stuff inside of Facebook. They had I'm pretty what, sure what? they were blocked from doing anything the, in public because you couldn't see public profiles because you had to be logged in. Then why did they have 8 billion pages of Facebook indexed? Hmm. Yeah, good point. Didn't know that. All right. Interesting. Well, at but least it's the very a, it's least, a it gives now, us a far, a far firmer purchase on what they have. Yeah, and to they your point, that, that it's moot. They have access now. Yeah. And the data is potentially very useful to them. I mean, you can't even con- comprehend how much data is in there. Oh, yeah. I mean, but, but here's the interesting thing. They're only using it on mobile, right? So 
is that part of the contract that they can only use it in mobile and and, and surface that data in mobile? Ah. Or do they just choose to only surface it in mobile? Well, they don't even need to surface any of the data. I mean, they could do it only in mobile but to actually like show any of this information, but they're getting the data, and they can use that as a signal. Actually, good point. good point. Um, and also, you know, it may have a billion pages, but now they can get a billion pages per day. <laughs> Who knows how much they were doing before, right? Uh, it's insane. That's, that's true. I wonder, how, <laughs> I wonder how many pages they crawl a day. Uh, they're used to – I don't know, because there's services like Majestic says they crawl a billion pages a month, right? So they're crawling a lot of data, and they're just they're just Majestic SEO. So uh, I've got to find comes. out. I know what, I've seen it before a few times, and yeah. I know they pumped, published it before, but uh, freaking, I can't remember right off the top of my head. But um, see, now you can be on my game. I, I started searching. Darn it! And <laughs> 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 you shouldn't have your keyboard handy during the show. No. <laughs> um, Everybody yells at me because I'll go to meetings at work and there'll be like six people around the table. Everybody but me has a laptop. I do not take laptops to meetings because it's like you get too focused on other things. You can't pay attention to what you're supposed to be doing. So just a side note. Sometimes it's good to, to multitask. Sometimes it's not. Oh, most of the time it's not. Yeah, it's pro- proven, <laughs> scientifically proven. There's very few people that can do it. I certainly shouldn't be doing it. <laughs> I really shouldn't, <laughs> as is evident. Um, now, you were talking about the content, and I mean, yes, 75% of content gen- generates zero links. I mean, how much, what the percentage of contents is crap, though? Yeah, I know. It's true. I mean, but, but you think about it's it. just being created by someone who really isn't an authority on what they're talking about, and well, it's just republishing information that's elsewhere. Yep, that's a big piece of it too. There was another thing that came out just recently. I, I didn't put it in the show notes, but um, this this came from State of Search actually um, last week, and I think it was either Gary Isles. I think it was Gary Isles said in one of his presentations that out of the 125 billion URLs that Google knows about, 125 billion URLs that they know about, 60 percent of those URLs are duplicate content. Mm. 60% duplicate. That's crazy. Now, a lot of that is like technical issues where somebody has a secure version and an unsecure version of their site index. That's two different URLs, you know. Um, but I bet, and those would be considered duplicates. But still, 60% was way higher than I thought it would be. Well, you know, you wonder though, how much of that, I mean, you could just think about a simple installation of WordPress. Um, how much of that is duplicated. They'll get to it and they'll realize that there's a canonical, but they could still call that duplicated. Right, and it's URLs. He very specifically said the, of the URLs that we know about, right? So it doesn't matter what the canonical stuff is. doesn't matter anything. If you have yeah. a URL and you change one character in a URL and Google thinks it's a brand new URL. So if you have a page that's HTTP um, and then you have a page that's HTTPS, but it's ex- everything else is exactly the same, that's two URLs. For Google, right? Same on the other end. If you have one that's .htm and another one that's .html, same page, but it's two different URLs. Oh, and I didn't do, realize and, that's what he was talking about. Is that you sure of that? I'm pretty sure that's the way I read okay. it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Interesting. I have to check that out. Um, but I'm sure he also was lumping into that. If you have a page of content and somebody copied it and put it on another page, that's duplicate kit as well with on two different URLs. So I'm sure it encompasses all the different variations of why something yeah. might be considered duplicate. Yeah. Cause I mean, you'd you look at, um, 
people's websites that are blogs that, that they just don't properly configure how much duplicate content is simply in a WordPress site if they don't do it right. Well, it's ridiculous how much yeah. is duplicated, especially if they use tags and categories and, oh, my God. Oh, yes. It's just a nightmare. Yeah, it's multiple passive navigation are a huge issue when it comes to that from a URL duplication perspective. If you're duplicating content because of URL structure problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then sp- speaking of WordPress, another thing came out last, last, it was our last week or the week before. WordPress now operates a, a solid 25% of all the websites on the internet. Really? Isn't that amazing? That One is platform. crazy. Yeah. So uh, one is it WordPress dot? Is it just the WordPress system, or yeah, the Word, WordPress CMS? And I'm sure WordPress dot com yeah. as well. Yeah. Wow! 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 Okay. Well, let's take a quick break. We come back. We've got uh, wow. We got tons to talk about today. So we'll be right. SEO 101 will be back right after recess. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, so you know their SEO experts, but did you know they can help you with PBC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today. Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. Introducing Rumble, the smart mobile management system, the first end-to-end mobile platform where you can make real-time app modifications from a point-and-click dashboard. Want to change the design of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. Want to change the ad map of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. Want to change the content mix of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. Power your mobile business with Rumble. Are you ready to rumble? Visit www.rumble.me. Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Welcome back to SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm. Hosted by John Carcutt, the Director of SEO and Social Media for Advanced Digital, and myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, Inc. So one of the things that I found really fascinating uh, this week, it was just a couple days ago, uh, Google announced um, that part of what we were just talking about there, that they had um, uh, more access, or actually, no, I didn't get into that, but app data. They're, they're able to index app data. They have been for a while. But now what they're doing is, uh, you know, you might have seen a bit of the results in, in, the, in search, uh, mobile search. This is mobile. Um, but many times it was just too deep within the app. So what they've done, and I thought this is a huge game changer, is they're, they're streaming the app to your phone, the full functionality, just as though you've installed it. So you get a taste of what it's like to use it. 
And if, if you find the result you want, you have the user experience you want, you can then install it. Think about the data they're getting from that. Like, mind-blowing to me. So, so I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to understand this more, just because. So, if I go to search results and I find a, a piece of content, let's say it's a, an article about um, college football team that I'm interested in, and I click on it, and the, the the article was embedded in an app from some news provider, right? What's going to happen is I'm going to get the I'm going to have to download the app. Before it shows me, or how, I guess I'm trying to understand how this works. Does do, since I don't have the app installed on my phone, does it have to download to my phone? Like, no, it streams it. It's kind of like uh, you know the new video game systems where you can stream the video game to your t- TV and play it. Um, right. It's, it's all of the hard work is being done at Google's end. You're just seeing a visual version of the site of the app running. Now, in this case, from okay. what I gathered, because I haven't tested this. I've just been reading, um, which definitely puts me at a bit of a disadvantage here. But um, as I understand, this is a new form of result that will appear in the search, so it doesn't look like a standard link. You'll see it saying here, app, this app has this information. Click here. So, and, so does it sound like you have the choice to, to I want to see it in the app or I want to see it on uh, you know, some, some other method? I don't think so, no, because I get the impression the reason they're doing this is that data can only be shown within the app because it is so deep in the app. Um, otherwise, they would have probably just gone around this. Although, and this is what I wrote about in my little post, I was just saying to John how excited I was uh, uh, that I actually put a blog post out. Once every two years isn't good, right? <laughs> <laughs> You're on a roll. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, dear God. But anyway, um, I did a little post on this because I thought it was – intriguing they're they're opening up a whole new can of of potential data first of all what i said before about having an app and the user experience information they'll they'll be able to see whether the people use it whether or not they end up installing it that's a lot of like um something we're going to get into in a minute which is using behavior as a ranking signal they're going to be able to see just how interactive you are with this and people don't do the install or people could bounce right out go right back to search results they're going to know that app didn't deliver so and have you read have you, have you read anything about this as it relates to the app producers so if i made an app and now all of a sudden google showed my content in my app streaming it um do i get any value from that other than the potential someone might now download my app but if if Google's showing them the stuff that's in my app to begin with, why do they have to download my app? Because they can see it through Google because Google's streaming my app. So so is it something that the app people who produce the apps have to agree to? And maybe there's some kind of – I don't know. It's, it sounds very interesting, but it sounds like it's got a lot of kinks that need to be worked out. Maybe. I mean just think about what those poor developers have to sign to add their stuff to the, the uh, Android Play Network. Yeah. They probably already signed something, giving rid of their life. So, now is this just happening on Android devices, or is this happening anywhere else? Well, a- the Android. Oh, I see. You know, that's a good question. I don't know whether it happens for iOS. I would imagine it does, wouldn't it? Because I, I know the thing they were doing with Facebook, where they're able to dig into see Facebook deeper into their app, is only on Android at this yeah. point. It'll probably go to Apple at some point, but right now it's just Android. So, it makes me wonder. Uh, here it is here. Yeah, I'm quoting here. Uh, we started the in- indexing the content of apps two years ago so that when people search on Google, they can find the best results, whether they're in an app or on the web. 
we now have over 100 billion deep links into apps in our index, including some popular apps like Facebook, Instagram, Airbnb, or Pinterest. And 40% of searches people do on Android surface app content Android. So I'm getting Android sense yeah. here, which makes more sense. I can't imagine them having that access to the iOS yet. But. Well, I know, I know in the search results, and, and when they talk about having indexed app content for years, there are specific steps you have to take to connect your content to your app. So, in, like for, for us in a news organization, we have a bunch of apps that show our news articles. We actually have to go in and code our apps and say, you know, this is, this is the article in the app and almost like a, almost like a, um, canonical, but not, it's not a canonical, but you say, okay, here is the original original article on the site so that they're, they're connected. The app and the site have been connected programmatically by the app. So when Google finds this, this content in the app and it surfaces in the search results, it'll give you the choice. Do you want to view this in the app on your phone? This is where it's different now. It used to be you had to have the app installed. Or do you want to see this on the website, the mobile version of the website? So you had the choice, right? Okay. So this, um, I, I, I totally brain farted on this because I know I know there's actually a, 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 a large it's eight megabyte GIF running on the page. I just gave you the link there, um, which shows how this system works. So you'll see in this example they gave hotel right now in Chicago is what someone typed in. I'm not sure what they do right now, but anyway, um, and, and what happens is they they show standard results, but at the very top it says Chicago hotel tonight, and it's the hotel tonight app, and there's a button that says stream. And if you click on stream, it'll stream it to your, your your phone so you can sample the app and the information which they believe is relevant to your search. All right. Pretty cool. It'll be interesting. So so what kind of implications, what kind of implications does this have for um, the SEO, being our SEOs listening to the show? Well, I think first of all, making sure that your apps. Well, yeah, it, we're all we're thinking about apps as another website now. I mean, you, you, well, I mean, and this is something that Cindy Crumb's been talking about forever. I'm sure. I, uh, you know, she's on the cutting edge of all this mobile. There's all this mobile stuff, you know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we all know you weren't going to say stuff, so don't even try. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so. Okay, so you got to make sure that user experience, just like a website, is very effective within your app. It's something people are going to want to use. It's always updated. Um, it is bugless. You know, you want to make sure it's going to run really well. Um, but also, just consider from Google's perspective how brilliant what they've done here is. Um, if if you want your app to be found or the data to be found, maybe even streamed, you better be on Android, and you better be doing a damn good job of being in there um, instead of just focusing on iOS. I mean, all of a sudden you get less advantage being in iOS. Just iOS, I should say. Um, I mean, you always did. Like they said, they've been indexing it for a while, but this just adds an extra little hook to be in there. Um, now, this is early days. For all we know, next week they'll disable this because no one's using it. Um, right. But I saw other people posting about the whole concept of Google simply always streaming apps. I don't see that happening, not until the days of, data being way, way higher, you know, data uh, um, access being fast. Bandwidth. Yeah, bandwidth, and, but also the price of it. I'm caught in Canada. We break broke. So, <laughs> if, so if, I go to my, if I go to my Android phone and I pull up a browser and go to Google's page and search, 
will I get this or do I have to use Google search application? Good question. I don't know. All right. I don't know. Bears some more reading, but uh, yep. very new, very new. And uh, I just love seeing little peeks at how these guys think. I'd love to be able to think as well as most of those guys think. <laughs> yes, 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 indeed. All right. So what do you think of Google Plus's changes to their system? I think we just should cover this quickly since so many people um, listening uh, do check out our, our Google Plus community. It's certainly very busy. Uh, well, over 6,000 well, members now. I, I have to be honest. When I first saw this, I went to go see the community because I was excited to see what the what the changes looked like. And it looked exactly the same. And I'm like, I don't see any changes because I'm here all the time. But and then I, I left and had to go do something else. So I'm not sure what exactly is changing because our community looks and feels the same. Go back now. It, 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 it for some reason didn't launch everywhere at the same time. Now oh. when it says, "Do you want to see the new look?" and you click on it and bang, everything's changed. There you go. All right. So I had done that. A new look. Um, it Mark, took a little Mark, getting used to Mark, just the first time I even used it. All right, Mark Taylor is still right up there at the top. All right. <laughs> you must have pinned it. <laughs> no, that's good because that was our six thousand member post. Woohoo! Yes, yes, it's pinned. There you go. Yes. Um, anyway, very interesting. Um, Google's really changed how Google Plus works. I mean, I haven't even scraped the surface of it. Obviously, we were my only interest. Yeah, I mean, my focus, of course, is our Google Plus community. You know, being that everything's so busy right now. But uh, yeah, me, me too. Yeah, and, and but it. It's definitely a different look. I don't really know whether I like it. It's not a big deal, a difference. Why do they change the shit all the time? It <laughs> me crazy. Just stay with something for a while. Uh, it's, it's, well, communities have been that way since they launched like a year, year and a half ago. I mean, they worked great, though. I mean, it's one of those things. Did. I mess with something that works. And I'm looking. I'm looking at ours right now. After seeing it, and it used to be our community rules are right there up front when you first logged in. I yeah. can't even find them now. If Mark Taylor wouldn't have pinned them in that post about our six thousand members, they wouldn't be seen anywhere. I don't yes. know where they are. You rock, Mark. As usual, good job. Yeah. Um, I. I. Yeah. I'm not really impressed. Uh, that actually is a huge issue that you mentioned there. I don't know why they would do that. Um, if you click on the – the only way you can find it is by clicking on the exclamation mark above our – or over our logo. How freaking useful is that? <laughs> oh, that's ridiculous. Oh. Uh, I wonder if people – They show the links and all the important stuff. Oh, I, wonder wow. if they, I wonder if they buried that because people are starting to abuse those links. I don't know. Wouldn't all surprise me. They get a little over, overkill on this. Um, yeah. It looks like there's only two settings for community, post in your home stream – and community notifications. Um, uh, anyway, it's not a big improvement, that's for sure. If anything, a negative. So uh, I guess we'll see how things run. And when you click on, you know, write a new topic, it pops up kind of like a Facebook um, window. They, they have added the share stuff, and Facebook and Twitter are in the share. So I wonder, let me do something real quick, because that, that's interesting, If how easy it would be to share things from our community to, nah, it's not set up. I don't have time to do it now, but I'm going to play with that some. Yeah, that should be interesting. Okay. Well, um, w one of the things that you brought up last week, um, actually, you know what? What we should do now is, I know we're going to have to fit one in, so let's take a quick break. When we get back, we'll talk about user behavior as a rank signal. Ooh. Da -da -da. SEO 101 will be back right after recess. 
Is buying something that is made in the USA important to you? How do you know that it really is made in the USA? Certified Inc. is the only supply chain audit company on the planet which qualifies country of origin labeling. If it's important to you as a consumer to know where the products you buy and use in your own home come from, then it's also important for your customers. Visit us at madeinusa.net and find out more. Go to madeinusa.net because it's that. Important. Reinventing keyword research, simplifying campaign optimization, redefining competitive analysis. SpyFu brings you an entirely new way to find the most profitable keywords for your SEO and PPC campaigns. New tools, new data, and a brand new look. We've streamlined SpyFu so that you can optimize your search engine marketing more efficiently, more accurately, and more intuitively. Visit SpyFu.com, that's S-P-Y-F-U.com, and start downloading your competitors' keywords now. Try it free. Whether you are an online business or domain name investor, you need access to the best names. With over 270 million domains already registered, finding the right names at the best price requires a great wingman. Namejet.com puts you in the pilot seat by giving you fast and unparalleled access to some of the best premium and expired domain names on earth. As the number one domain name auction platform, Namejet.com is the best place to find domains for your business or investments. So light the afterburners to the domain name aftermarket and fly over to Namejet.com at box speed to get great domains today. Namejet.com. Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Welcome back to SEO 101 on WebmasterRadio.fm. Hosted by John Carcutt, the Director of SEO and Social Media for Advanced Digital, and myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, Inc. So in our good old Facebook stream, you were chatting about this and getting kind of seemed kind of excited about us talking about it. <laughs> yeah, there was, yeah, there's some interesting things. So we've all kind of heard about user behavior and how does it affect rankings? Does it not affect ranking? What's Google tracking? What's Google not tracking? Um, it's, it's been kind of on the periphery of discussion for like years now, right? And, um, Masha, I believe is how you pronounce her name from linkassistant.com wrote a pretty comprehensive article about user behavior as a ranking symbol. And she broke it up into three separate sections. Uh, what's the evidence that they are using it? Um, what are the metrics that matter? What are they looking at? And then how would we address this as SEOs to improve it? I just want to run through it relatively quick because there's a lot of stuff in here. Um, but So what's the evidence that user behavior is actually a ranking signal? And this one to me is like the most prominent saying, okay, there's no denying this. So um, – Google search quality chief Udi Manber um, was testifying in a legal proceeding with the FTC, and he said, and uh, this is the quote, the ranking itself is affected by the click data. We discover that for a particular query, hypothetically, 80% of the people click on result number two and only 10% click on result number one. We, After a while, we figure that probably number two result is the one that people want, so we switch it. So he's saying that based on how people are clicking through in the rankings, they are going to adjust the rankings. He doesn't say if it's algorithmic. He doesn't say if it's something they do manually. He just says it's something they do. Right? Yeah, and, there's all, and, and as you mentioned, second, uh, it's your second point. 
Google has patents. We've read about them. We've heard about them for mm-hmm. a long time now about how they're using or they want to use behavior um, in their ranking algorithm. Yeah, absolutely. And then an interesting thing, uh, Rand Fishkin did a test a while back, a Twitter test. He had a bunch of people on Twitter and he said, okay, everybody, um, right now, uh, search for a certain phrase. I think it had to do with a steakhouse or steaks or something. He says, search for this phrase, go down, find the link. It's going to be third or fourth that has this title and click on it. Right. He asked people to do this, got hundreds of people to do it, I guess. And in a matter of, I think he recorded seven, 60 or 70 minutes that of this activity, right? Through Twitter, that, that one thing that he was having people clicked on went from like position four to like position two. Mm-hmm. And now again, you know, causation, correlation, the whole deal, what happens to what, who knows? Um, it's not a very scientific test, but it's pretty strong. Right, mm-hmm. it's pretty strong that that had an impact. How long did it stay at number two? I yeah. don't know. It wouldn't probably have any cement to it, but at least right. it would. It would be all about the buzz. So, but it's another it's another piece of evidence saying they are looking at click data in the rankings, right? So, go ahead. You were saying something. Well, and one of the things the things that are coming up here. You're talking about what metrics matter. Yeah. The one that keeps popping in my mind is dwell time. How long are people staying on the pages once they go there, and I do believe we've heard a number of times, and of course, I wish I had an eidetic memory. I don't, but uh, I, I know that there are even quotes out there of people saying that they use dwell time, but I, don't, I can't remember them off the heart. But that's pretty important and it would make a ton of sense. And, and I'm 99.9% certain it was one of the patents even, that uh, they would use that information based on how long you were there and how fast it took for you to come back. To Google search to to determine whether or not it was a quality result, right? And it, and it took me a while because okay, let's real quick before we dig into that one specifically. There's three of them that she mentioned: click through rate, you know, how often people are clicking your result versus other results, dwell time that Ross was just talking about, and then what what they call pogo sticking, which is it took me a while to kind of figure out well what's the difference between dwell time and pogo sticking, right? So dwell time is when you click on a result and you go to a website. How long are you there before you come back, right? Pogo sticking is how often are you going back and forth and how quick does it take? So if you go to a site, you come back, you go to another site, you come back. It's, it's multiple instances of that. So each one of those instances would have its own dwell time. So that's kind of how I you know, try to explain that to myself. Does that make sense to you, Ross? Yeah, yeah. And to me, it, yeah, I, I'd say the pogo sticking is – it's just a different type of user, so they shouldn't let that affect their dwell time factors. Now, there's some things with dwell time that, that I don't really f- – it makes me question this metric, okay? One, if somebody goes to – leaves, clicks on a Google link, goes to a website, and sits there. They get, they get a phone call, right? And they're on this phone call for five minutes before they say oh, they go back to what they were doing, and then they click, oh, say, oh, I'm done. And that to them, to Google, it seems like that was a long user experience on that website when it actually had nothing to do with that website. It was a phone call, right? So there's there's got to be some level of this is all take this all with a grain of salt, right? Well, I think every metric has that. I bet. Yeah, but this one more than most, I think. Click click CTRs. It's a lot more solid of a measurement. If someone clicks, they click. If they don't, they don't. There's probably some grains of salt with with bots and that kind of stuff, but not nearly as much as you would have with dwell time. Yeah, um, I would imagine they're looking for extremes. If people are almost always coming right? back uh, very quickly, then that's uh, pretty obvious. And, and then what if you have a site 
that you're the search result and the, the page, the landing page that you go to when you click through it is just a, a bunch of links that send you to other places. So if that's the case, you know, you can't have a dwell time because if you don't go back to Google, you don't know. If you're going somewhere else and then go back to Google, how does that play into dwell time? Right. And, and you got to remember dwell time is how long it takes them to go to the site and then go back to Google. So if they're not going back to Google, dwell time is not a metric they can even measure. That's fine. Yeah, I mean, there's a whole bunch of them. That's why they have so many, right? Right. Yeah, just um, they, they can fill in the gaps with other information. Yep. And then I guess how how would we as SEOs look and try to try to have a I wouldn't say a, um, an influence, but we try to bet, what are some best practices around improving these metrics, right? Um, for, so for click-through rates, it's pretty pretty common thing to talk about improving click-through rates is improving your titles and descriptions, not just optimizing for your topics, but opt- optimizing for user experience. You know, Asking a question um, always tends to, to uh, get people to interact with you. So does that work in titles on your pages? Well, it depends on your type of content, right? <laughs> you're not going to ask the question, do we actually have that tennis shoe you're looking for? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so it really depends. But there's things you can do to improve click-through rates when you're talking about titles and descriptions. Absolutely. Yeah. And then, you know, in, in order to make it, you get into the, pretty much the basics of, of, of visitor retention when you're talking about dwell time and pogo sticking. Um, obviously, a person's pogo sticking, they're jumping around, they're not planning on staying at any one site. They might be just looking at pricing. They might look at uh, whether or not you have the product they're looking for and they're out, they're out, they're out, they're out, they're out, um, or the model or whatever. But if it's if they're they're really looking and they spend time on your page because you've got really good content, great imagery, great video, whatever it is it makes you differenti- differentiate yourself from your competitors, that's where that's going to improve. Yep, yep. Um, I think some other things that would help. Um, see, and to, I think page speed is a big one. That's always going to help. If you have a slow loading site, you're going to bounce back quick, and that's going to be part of that dwell time, um, and and potentially part of the overall pogo sticking issue. If you have a slow page and people leave it quickly because it's not loading to their satisfaction, that's a big part of it. Um, 404s and redirects. Uh, 404 is more heavily, I think, than redirects. If you have a 404 and it's still indexed. Um, and, and put someone clicks through, that's going to be an issue. And, of course, that's going to potentially help Google realize it's a 404, but who knows. Uh, <laughs> redirects, from a user behavior standpoint, depending on how it's redirecting. In most cases, redirects are pretty invisible to users. So I'm not sure how that would be a, a really something that would make a difference from a user behavior standpoint. Can you think of any reason why that would be included there, Ross? Mm. Well, I guess why would a redirect even show up? And Google would probably put a redirect in rankings. Well, the same thing with 404s. Same thing with yeah. 404s. That's true. That's true. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I would just think it's a non nothing. They would just ultimately change to the redirected page at some point. Right. And this is an interesting one too. Improve your navigation and your internal linking. Um, and that to me sounds like it's something to do to help improve dwell time. So someone comes to a page and they stay on your site because they're looking at other pages. Um, that's going to improve your dwell time. However, I also believe that's going to improve the like- likelihood that they're not going to go back to Google when they're done, which then would mean it, it's absolutely useless from a dwell time perspective. So that one's a little iffy up for me as well. Um, you want to have great navigation and great internal, internal linking. Don't get me wrong. You want that. You want people to stay on your site. But as a factor for Google, 
that's going to have a plus and minus for me from the dwell time perspective. I don't see any negative. The negative well, is dwell time. Dwell time is not something we're focusing on. It's just one aspect of this. Right, right, right. One aspect. Yeah. But when you're talking about okay, how can we how can we address and help improve these metrics? So we got click through rate, dwell time, and pogo sticking. Well, the only thing this would improve from a metric standpoint would be dwell time. Navigation and internal linking is not going to improve click through rate. Um, it's you know it's really the dwell time focus and pogo sticking is just part of that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, pretty interesting stuff. Well, I, think, uh, I do want to say always, one thing though. I, th- yeah. I think I think that the thing that was left out of this article again, the article is on linkassistant.com, link-assistant.com. Um, it's under their news section. Um, it's definitely worth a read. But the one thing I didn't see in this article, which I think I wish you would have touched on more, is how important is this as a ranking signal, right? You've got all these different ranking signals to worry about. We know there are hundreds of them. If user behavior, and I think we've, I, I agree with her, and I think there's pretty clear signals that user behavior is a ranking signal. How important is it? Is it more important than an H2 tag? Is it more important than, you know, your title tag? I wouldn't think so. Where does it fit in the priority of things you want to address from an SEO standpoint, right? I personally don't think it's that important. I don't think they're putting that much weight behind this compared to all the other factors we have to look at. It's not the least important, but I don't think it's in the I don't think it's in the top fifty. Well, I would say it's in the top or ten top, in terms of what you need to worry about when you're on your website though. Um but you want to make sure your site is engaging so people stay there. Yeah, but but I'm just talking about as a if I'm an SEO and I get a new client. And I list all the things that I need to do to do my job as an SEO to help these people improve their performance in search. Okay. Now, I, I know there's lots of good things that SEO should do to help the site improve its business and user behavior and usability and UI is all part of that. But as an SEO, I've created this list of 100 things that I have to do. And I'm trying to prioritize that list to do my goal, which is to improve traffic or whatever the metrics we've agreed on from a search perspective. How important is fixing user behavior from that perspective? And I would say it's not in the top half. I guess. I mean, I, yeah. Okay. Uh, where I don't, I don't think anyone would think like that. I mean, it's it's think like it, what? Well, as this is being that important a metric, I think it's just an interesting metric. Um, uh, when it comes down to it, you you you're more about the users, right? The users and their experience. You want you're going to get rankings from the content if you have good content. You have the right type of website. Then you just want to get them to your site and stay there. Um, anyway. I guess we're talking semantics. I just, I just, I can't get off the fact that it's, 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 it, all of this is good for your website. So it would kind of be done anyway if you're yeah, properly but, but, optimizing it. But yeah, I, I agree. But I think most everything we do as SEOs is good for your website, right? Good so SEOs, we're, yeah, yeah good, <laughs> SEOs, good. Good clarification, Ross. <laughs> so I'm just trying, I'm just trying to think as, as a, team manager or an individual person yeah. and we, we're talking about this as a ranking signal to uh, so to you know uh, you know our listeners who while we while we don't usually talk about seo at the 101 level a lot of people are learning this stuff and we're talking about user behavior as a signal i think it's important for us to say how much weight do you give this signal compared to the other signals because you have to prioritize the work you're doing you only have so much time you only have so much budget to spend where does this fit into all the work you have to do? 
And I, I don't think it's in the top half. Good point. Okay, gotcha. Yes, there is a lot to think of, isn't there? Yeah, oh, absolutely. We, uh, we take so much for granted being in this salon. So I hope that did help, and, and thank you, John, for, for making that point. Well, with that said, we had some other stuff to cover, but we, we, we kind of rambled. But we're good at that, aren't we? Yes, we are. <laughs> well, on behalf of myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and John Carcutt, the Director of SEO and Social Media for Advanced Digital, thanks for joining us today. If you have any questions you'd like to share with us, please feel free to post them on our Google Plus community page, easily found by searching SEO 101 on Google Plus. Have a great week, and remember to tune into future episodes, which air at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, every Wednesday on webmasterradio.fm. Thanks for listening, everybody. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. You should be saving for the future, but savings accounts suck and investing can be scary. We combine the ease of savings with the real returns of investing. We call it Save Vesting, and it's only available in our new app, Stairs. Stairs offers 4 to 6% returns, no fees, and you can withdraw anytime. Do your future a favor. Visit stairsapp.com today.